Blog Talk Radio. Really? 
Cambosis and Haney, you know, Styles make fights. Cambosis is trying to find that, you know, trying to prove he's not a one-hit wonder, you know. Because um, when you look at some of the other fights recently that he had, you think, yeah, I think Devin Haney will win this fight cleanly. But, you know, he rose to the, case, uh, the occasion. Now, obviously, Styles make fights. And uh, I don't see Devin Haney fighting <laughs> the way – Tiafima Lopez did in that fight. But we're going to preview and predict both those fights. And like I said, talk about a couple other fights. Not this weekend, but Tuesday, we also have Inoue and Donaire. Inoue and Donaire, uh, the rematch. I think it's, you know, a good fight. I mean, clearly in the ring, it was very entertaining. It was, you know, one of the more entertaining, fairly one-sided fights you're going to get. Like I said, it was a clean, clean, easy-to-score win, obviously. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's really a need for it, but it's still a good-ass fight. And Donaire, since then, he looked great in the fight, you know, in many ways anyway, considering what we thought, you know, he was going in. But since then, he's really put on some good performances. So um, there is some fight news we'll talk about. Uh, Robert Garcia now officially going to be the trainer for Anthony Joshua. Will it make a difference? Too late. I mean, they didn't even get a mini camp in. Um, and I do realize that Anthony Joshua did go around on his trainer tour a while back, and we saw him working with Ronnie Shields, and we saw him taking pictures with Eddie Reynoso and and uh, and whatnot. But, and I, I'm, I'm assuming the things that he worked on in some of that, especially like the shields we saw him working. I'm sure he's taking that home in the gym, but I don't know. Not, not to mention, you know, heavyweight. Like a heavyweight, Robert Garcia does that blend. I mean, we know, you know, the aggressive style and the jab and all that, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. There were a couple other um, – fights announced that you know we'll talk some current fight news of course we'll you know have our little boxing twitter segment as well um Deontay Wilder made an announcement that most people are pretty happy about there is a little rumor all of quote the boxing scene.com Jake Donovan um of course he got it from a different source didn't he but anyway, Estrada and Chocolatito, is that fight going to happen, the trilogy? Because it's kind of sounding like it may. Anyway, we're going to dive right into this in just a second. But if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk or Rope Dope if you don't want to and download the show directly there or listen to the browser, you can find the platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Tune Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many more. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. And right now, for a limited time, let me repeat, a limited time, they're offering – $30 off the first two months. So instead of, I say, you know, the prices start at as low as $69.99, it's $54.99 for two months. This is a limited time deal. And also, uh, I also talk about, you know, if you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate packages, 
Well, check this out. If you do, for three months, you get HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epics, in Cinemax for the first three months under the Choice and Ultimate Package. Just to, you know, that up there, okay? We had to update that. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Direct TV Street. Okay. So, um, you know, I said it plenty of times. I don't want to repeat myself too much, of course, but, um, you know, heading into this fight with Gervonta and Rowley, even when it got made the first time last year, it's not a fight that jumped off the page to me, right? Obviously, most people didn't think much of it. Now, Rowley kind of talked his way into getting people to believe that, um, you know, he had a real chance or whatever. And uh, he did a good job with that. Um, But I got to admit, I wasn't a big fan of it. And we talked about how, you know, they hit us up with uh, mid-April, starting with Spence Ugas, three out of four weeks, right, that we had to pay pay pay-per-view. We had the Spence Ugas, we had the Fury White, Canelo Biffle, and then what, three weeks later, we had another pay-per-view. So you're talking four Four pay-per-views in a matter of seven weeks or something like that, less than two months. So at some point, you know, everyone makes their own decisions uh, as far as what they deem entertainment value. And once again, you know, I did know someone that rented it, so I I was able to get, um, you know, back or get done with what I, I was working that night. So I was able to get done in time to watch a decent part of the card. Now, it was already bought. There were some other friends that I knew there, uh, friends of a friend and whatnot. So it was cool to catch up, but it's not something that I was going to buy. You know, I bought the Spence Ugas. I passed on the White Fury. I, I bought the uh, the Canelo Bivol. I passed on this. But technically, like I said, I did watch it live. Where Fury and White, I watched it uh, on Daily Motion. Uh, later. Uh, I didn't illegally stream. Let's put it that way. I'll say this about Rowley, okay? Um, now that we've seen him in there with Gervonta, who has good hand speed, pretty damn fast fighter, that's the one thing that stands out to me about um, Rowley, is I didn't think he was actually that quick. I have to admit. I'm not saying he's you know a speed demon. He's Gary Rose Jr. or something like that. But I thought he would look a lot slower in the ring, if that makes sense. Um, And he did. You know, I give him credit. I give him credit for that. Um, You know, he, I was going to say pushed the fight or was the aggressor, but it was more like he pressed the fight. You know, neither guy really did a whole lot. Um, If you look at the first round, you know, um, Davis, he was jabbing to the stomach. Very slow round. A late right hand for Rowley probably stole it. You could probably say the same thing about round two. Um, Davis did actually land a nice left hand, but, you know, that there was like a, a few left hands out of Rowley. So, you know, I could see him giving the, the first two rounds to him. Once again, it took a while to even get entertaining. Um, and I say that, you know, barely, but it was definitely slow in the third. Um that was another competitive round. 
I did think Roley landed a, a nice left hook, but the counter left hands and just a better lands. Not much of them, though. Uh, I'd probably give the third to Davis. Um, but then the fourth and the fifth, I definitely gave to Davis. You had like a short right hand by Roley midway through the fourth. And then one or two really nice counter left hands to close the round for, for Davis. So I gave that. And then the fifth round, to me, those lead pot shots with the left hand, um, that was that was pretty big. Um, Roley, you know, was doing a little rough stuff with the elbow and whatnot. But I'd say the cleanest, clearest winning round for either fighter was probably the fifth with Tank because – he did a really good job of either countering with that left or just throwing lead pot shots, you know what I mean, with it. So and he was starting to land pretty flush. Um, and then we go to the sixth round, and it was that beautiful left hand nearing the end of the round. I can't remember exactly what time it was. Um, and he hit, you know, Roley just pitcher perfect. Got him with a great shot. Roley fell right into the rope, looking like Martin. <laughs> um, that meme was pretty funny. Now, let's go to the stoppage. Um, was it a bad stoppage? No. Definitely not a bad stoppage. Now, have I seen fighters uh, just as hurt continue? Yeah, I have. And I'm not talking about, you know, 20, 30, 40, 30 years ago, but like, you know, of late, let's say the last decade. Have we seen a fighter be able to continue? Yeah, we've also seen guys way less hurt and got, you know, stopped too. So was it a bad stoppage? I don't believe so. Could it, was it just a tad early? Uh, I don't, I personally don't think so. Um, watching it live, I was like, well, let me see the replay. And once you started to see the replay, you know, there were some people that say, hey, he was listening to the direction. Well, he kept putting up his gloves, and the ref wasn't – he was stumbling really bad. Like, you could see him not being able to even balance on his legs. He was hurt. And credit to Roley for getting up and trying to go out on his shield. He basically went on his shield. He got up, and, you know, they did ask him to, to step to, the, to his left, and it took him a second because he just kept giving him his gloves, like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And then he did step to it, but – when you look at how hurt he was getting up and, you know, you could see him like you could see the back of his heels go up. You know what I mean? He was hurt. He was hurt. And he would have got hurt really bad after that. Now, we don't know what would have, you know, really would have happened. Um, maybe he'd just get concussed, but he would be okay. Um, he did seem out of it, you know, after the fight, which I don't blame him. Uh, could they have let it go on just because it was the near the end of the round? Sure, but I wouldn't go and call it a bad stoppage. I think if anyone calls it a bad stoppage, like, what did you stop that for? I think you've seen, like, that back thing that they have. I mean, he was in bad shape. So I didn't have a problem with the stoppage. Uh, would I have been, like, you know, screaming at the TV live, don't, you know, don't, what do you, allowing this to go on no i wouldn't have because i could tell he was hurt but like i said that back view when you get to see his heels and how he couldn't balance on it i mean he was he was in rough shape dude. there's just no way around it and uh 
you know, could he have made it through the round and, and maybe a minute come back and look better and make it through the fight? Possibly. You know, I'm not going to rule that out, but I will not call that a bad stoppage. I just won't. I just don't think it was. Um, so he got the job done. You can see that tank in the early goings got hit with some hard shots, and that's the one thing Roley, well, like I said, I, I do think he was a little faster than I thought he was, but we know Roley has power. So, you know, he's got some power, no doubt. And uh, clearly that woke, you know, um, Roley up enough to be like, oh, or not Roley, but um, tank enough to be like, okay, let me, let me keep my distance. He even said it took him a little while to warm up. Um, and he's a slow starter, generally speaking, but um, you could see he was just picking his spots. You know, he, he missed a couple left hands that may have done the same thing. He missed a nice little left uppercut. Hooks and uppercuts, he missed a couple that was like, ooh, that would have really landed flush, but he finally did. And, you know, instead of just coming forward, get hit a lot or a fair amount, I kind of like that we saw back-to-back fights now, Tank using a different game plan, especially in this one. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to uh, be stuck on the ropes a whole bunch of time because Roley and Isak Cruz are, are different fighters. You know, the, they come forward and press, but they're, they're night and day when it comes to punches they throw and, and just the uh, urgency in, in the way they can cut the ring. But I thought Roley fought a pretty smart fight. Um, but so did Gervonta. I mean, a lot of people say he just made a mistake, did Roley. I mean, he was, it looked like he was just throwing a, uh, you know, his right hand to the body. It didn't look like it was like the widest horrible shot, you know, but the problem is he, he fell in. And so he put himself off balance of something I talked about in my preview prediction, even on the show, I believe too, is he, he just, you, he finds himself out of position and hit when you're out of position, you're not ready, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. So, um, you know, people kind of make it seem like Tank is really vulnerable. I don't know about that. I mean, I remember when Golovkin at times would get hit and people would, that the big debate was, well, is he, does he not worry about getting hit because he's just going for the knockout? He don't care. Uh, it doesn't hurt him or whatever. That was always a debate. Well, no one wants to just continually get hit. But in this fight, he didn't get hit much. He didn't really get hit much. He got hit a couple of times clean early. And he was like, all right, dude's got some power. He admitted it after the fight in the press conference. And he was like, cool, I'll just pick my time. Pick my, you know, poison, basically. And just kind of go for the knockout shot. And so I thought he fought smartness the most I've seen him move move because he was really moving there and so like I said can you say he's vulnerable because he's I mean he was down what on one of the cards right and uh you know against uh against Barrios you know as far as round by round before he started landing those knockdowns a lot of people had him down uh, on the scorecards and, and like I said he definitely Barrios won more rounds you know uh, Leo Santa Cruz was doing good until he got knocked out. So, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see. It, it's funny because 
And I'm not trying to say Tank and Canelo are the same, right? Because uh, Tank really moved a lot more in this fight instead of coming forward and not worried about his defense as much. But um, we've seen him stock guys go to the body. We've seen him use head movement on the inside or, or you know, at range. Um, clearly, he had to get inside to land the good punches in some of them. So he was jabbing to the stomach at times and, and, and trying to find his good range to be smart about it, but also to land something really heavy. And he just, like I said, he walked right into it. He walked right, he walked him right into it as well. So vulnerability, sure, sure. I think a good most fighters have them. I don't think he's as vulnerable as people are saying. Some some people, I think some people are a little like, I mean, after the fight, you know, basically every everybody, Cambosas, Loma, Haney, you know. I didn't see as many Garcias, but um, that it'd be basically like, a, there's no way he could beat him. And I'm just like, are you sure? Are we positive? Are we, I mean, I don't know. But, um, We'll see. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what I think is next. Um, obviously, we all hope it's Ryan Garcia. But we'll go over some names, realistic stuff, what Garcia was trying to say at ringside when he was betting Errol Spence. By the way, he did pay his dues, so respect to that. Uh, <laughs> unlike Minnesota, you know what I'm talking about. I just, for some reason, can't. Oh, Art Man. Um, you know, the Arislandi Lara, uh, Spike O'Sullivan fight seemed like it was going to go even longer than it did. It felt like, oh boy, we're, we're settling in here. Huh? This is going to suck. Um, and basically, at least they got he got the, the big punches to, to end the fight. You know what I mean? But there's just not much in this. And it's been four fights. Like I said, a couple times before in the past. And even this, I'm assuming I said it last podcast too, like I totally get coming off Jared Hurd and Castaño, those two fights in particular. And, you know, he had fought other solid, great fighters as well, Canelo and Trout, yada, yada, yada. But the Paul Williams, I mean, he's got a great resume. No doubt about it. But when you look at the, is it three or four? I believe it's four, but let's say it's three, whatever. The last three or four opponents had just been like, nah, dude. I get one, maybe two of them because of the, you know, because of the, the vid, right, the COVID thing. Okay, cool. But, I mean, why not fight a Charlo next? Why not fight? You know, he needs a big fight, at least one more big fight. Because, like I said, the last couple of years, it's like, all right, dude, get, you know, let, let's let's get him a big whether that's Charlo, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but it's got to be somebody, dude. So that's about all I have from there. The opener, I did get to see, like, the highlights of it. Kind of seemed like it was good action, but only in moments. It wasn't, like, sustained. Eduardo Ramirez, um, he came out on top. The Jesus Ramos and Luke Santa Maria fight, um, Santa Maria style definitely kind of deflated that fight. Um, credit to him. I mean, he at times there was there was plenty of times where he was boxing fairly well. He had some success, no doubt about it. 
but he did spoil, you know, for, for large portions as well. But I don't want to take too much away from Maria, Santa Maria because, like I said, he had some success in that fight, no doubt about it. It wasn't some sort of whitewash. Um, I think people thought maybe he did better than they were thinking he was going to. I don't know, but he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. Uh, he's a difficult style, you know, to fight. But I did think Ramos won the fight cleanly, but he didn't look all that great doing it, you know. And I didn't see every single round that's actually right when I came in. So, um, Santa Maria, just it was a little tough for him, or, you know, it was tough for um, Ramos to to finish him off, you know what I mean, to, to really dig into it, let's say. Um, he just wasn't able to, to – I mean – there was times where he landed really clean punches, but he just couldn't sustain it, you know, just like the action in the fight. It just wasn't – I don't know. It had little pockets of like, oh, wow, that was a big shot. Okay, here, here's Ramos. No, and then it just kind of went stale again from what I could see. Um, so, yeah, I'll say it again. Even though I did think the Ramos-Santa Maria fight would be better, though, I do have to say that. I thought it would be more entertaining. I thought it would be – it was two-way, but I thought it'd be even more two-way, and Ramos would have to kind of overcome him in the second half. And to an extent, you could say that happened, I would say, but not the way it played out. Santa, you know, Santa Maria. Some people say spoiler. Some people say, "Hey, the dude's got skills, and he's there to make you look bad, make the fight difficult for what you want to do." You know, he's going to take certain things away. You know, you're not going to be able to land major, major shots on him. That's what it kind of looked like. So, uh, kind of back to the drawing board for Ramos. Um, But, you know, this guy, I think I heard it on the Sunday Puncher. Um, You know, if you look at his age, this guy's fighting solid dudes. He really is. And uh, so, you know, I just think it's a... I wouldn't call it a bump in the road, but I can understand how people weren't impressed. But sometimes that's really good to happen to a, a guy his, you know, his, where he's at, his level. I mean, he's definitely uh, – it's not one of those things where I'm like, man, I'm way down on him, dude. He didn't get the stoppage or he, he didn't just blow him out or was, you know, just easy fight or something like that. I mean, he moved to, what, 18-0 or 19-0. Um you know, he's been the distance a couple times now with uh, Molina, Javier Molina. I think he went the distance there. He won it cleanly, but um, who else did he go the distance? Oh, Mendoza. Hernandez he knocked out recently. But um, the scorecards were 98-92, and two of them were 97-93. I thought that was fair. I thought that was fair. Um and I saw a lot of people talking about this um, on Twitter, and I've heard a couple different, like a YouTube page and a couple podcasts talk about this, um, how, like, the first chunk of the fight that, you know, Santa Maria, like, they were giving Santa Maria maybe too much credit. It was like, well, dude, this guy's not a, a walk-through opponent. He's a good fighter, man. He just beat Abel Ramos, who's solid, you know, so... Um, and then it kind of turned in the second half. But I thought he cleanly won. But, yeah, it's not like he looked very, you know, overly impressive. I think that's obvious. But um, I didn't 
I wasn't as down on it as some other folks were from what I've seen. And a lot of that is just boxing Twitter. Uh, listen to a couple of post-fight videos and uh, actually two podcasts I listen to chunks of. So, um, all in all, like I said, the dude's young. Like, he's not going to look great going out. I think he's just getting a lot of experience. He's starting to stack up the rounds. Like I said, he's either 18 or 19 and 0. Um, I still like what I see out of him just because he wasn't able to get some stoppage or, you know, just go nasty on the open way. I don't really look at that as a, as a negative. I really don't. I, I just don't. Um, okay, like I said, big, big crowd. I mean, the Barclays is the first time that the Barclays had boxing back. And that was cool because for so many years, you know, of late anyway, the last chunk of years, the Barclays was a staple. It really was. And, uh, it actually, I'm going to talk about a fight that just got announced. Uh, that's going to be at the Barclays July 30th involving Garcia, which I think will be a good fight, especially he's been off for, what, a year and a half or something like that. So I think it's a good fight for him. It'll be interesting. It's a Showtime fight. We'll get into that. We'll get into fight news uh, just in general. But as far as Javante Davis goes, um, now a lot of people, you know, the Cambosis Haney or Lomachenko or, you know, he's a free agent, so signed with the zone. You know, signing with the zone, I mean, I guess, you, like, if you sign directly with the zone instead of, you know, Eddie, Eddie Hearn, excuse me, um, I don't know. I mean, signing with the zone just for the Ryan Garcia fight, because what, do they have a bunch of other guys over there? I mean, if you're going to sign someplace, and by the way, I'll go on record. I've done it before, too. He, I'd be surprised if he leaves Al Haven. Um, the Mayweather thing, maybe they could tweak the percentages. I don't know. Um you know, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I wouldn't be surprised if he just re-signs with them. They've done a great job with him, obviously. They put him in a lot of key places. Uh, they put him, you know, obviously, fully put him on, you know, what was that, 2017, the Mayweather-McGregor undercard. Um, they've done a really great job with him, and I like how they've moved him around. I've talked about that. But, um, you know, if he's going to sign with a platform, like – I think he'd sign with ESPN before the zone. I don't think he'll sign with either one of those. I'm just saying, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, the zone, sign with the zone. It's like, well, why? Like, just for Ryan Garcia, that's it? Because he might be able to get that fight without signing there, you know? Whereas ESPN, they have Lomachenko on the roster, and obviously Camposis and Haney under contract. So there's three guys right there. Now, Camposis Haney obviously fighting this weekend. Um, do I think anyone's going to win by knockout? The odds are no. So that means it'll probably go 12 rounds. Um, unless one of the, well, Cambosis has the one-way rematch clause. If Devin Haney um, whitewashes him and it's literally just no hope for a rematch, who knows? He may do another rematch. You never know because the money will be there still, you know. Um, and maybe he's thinking, well, shit, dude, now Haney has all the belts. If I don't do a rematch, am I going to get another big fight? How am I going to get the people to come here? I'm going to have to go to the States again and, 
and, and that type of thing. Now, I know he has got a fight with uh, a deal with the ESPN and top rank, so he would get fights. I'm not saying that, but, you know, if Haney goes there, and, and I'm not calling for a whitewash. I'm just going over the theoretical things, okay? My guess is there will be a rematch because I don't think he's going to 11-1 him or 10 to him. I don't even think he'll 10 to him. You know what I mean? Damn sure won't be 12 though. So even if it is eight to four or nine to three, right? I could see him, and I mean him, Cambosis saying, "I want the rematch again," because, like I said, the money, the home field, the home court, whatever you want to say, the home, you know, the home cooking. Um, I could see him doing it. Like I anticipate there being a rematch now. If Cambosis win, he doesn't have to do shit. Let's say most of us think that Haney wins eight to four, seven to five, and it, it played out that way in the ring, but the judges don't give it to him. Now Cambosis has a pretty big decision. And considering he was going to fight Loma, then he took on Haney after you know his first defense of his belts beating Lopez. I wouldn't be shocked if Cambosa says, you know what? I'll call the rematch clause. We can do it again. You know, if if the boxing world, if the majority of the boxing world says, you know what? Haney got robbed. Okay. Then, then maybe I think he'd do it, but he wouldn't have to. My point is, I feel like there's a pretty good chance of the rematch. And the reason why I'm going through all this shit is because, obviously, Cambosa's and Haney are probably busy for the rest of the year. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Someone could get hurt, whatever. But I just, the reason why I think that is because of the, I don't think anyone's going to win by knockout. That's my key thing. If, if no one wins by knockout, and I don't know. If Cambosis wins like 8-4, to four, then I don't see him having a rematch. So then you can say, well, Cambosis will be ready. Now, Lomachenko, you say, all right, well, well, you know, if I was Tank and they said, okay, you could sign a two-fight, three-fight deal with, with top rank. Like I said, I don't think this will happen. I'm just theorizing. But I would say it has to be Loma right off the jump. Well, actually, you can, you can kind of see how it plays out this weekend in, in the, the rematch clause, because I'm sure match clause, obviously. So, um, you know, if, if, you know, if, if one of them does win cleanly, like let's just say Cambosis. All right, well, then... Maybe that would be your first fight there. But let's say that there is a rematch and they're busy for the rest of the year. The only way I would sign with top rank is if they gave me Lomachenko, right? That's pretty basic. Because otherwise, why sign there? They have some solid fighters he could fight in the meantime. Nothing like Lomachenko. Nothing like Devin Haney. But there's some solid fighters. Um, but the thing about Lomachenko... And like I said, I like to look at it beyond the side of the street, but realistic, too. Not just side of the street, but realistic. Realistically, isn't Lomachenko, like, on Border Patrol in the Ukraine? And I'm not saying Border Patrol like I'm, you know, Pusher T or something talking about Drake. But I'm not – I just laughed there. But obviously he's doing his due diligence for his country, and I respect that. But the bottom line is – so do we know what's up with Loma? I mean, obviously he couldn't fight in June. Is he going to be able to fight at the end of the year? We don't know. We have no clue. 
So I just don't think that fight's really available either. Maybe, maybe, you know. But I would think the only way that Tank would get Loma or Tank at this point would get Haney or Cambosis is if he signed with ESPN. And the only way, I don't think he's going to, but the only way Tank would do it is if it's the first fight, the big fight right away, whether that's the, you know, the Cambosis, Haney winner or Loma. I just so I don't think those are realistic. I know like when Mikey Garcia, when I'm talking about realistic, I'm talking about the real world. You know, not just a lot of people, you know, when Mikey went up in weight, even when he went to 140 before he went to Spence, people were like, oh, dude, you know, he's ducking Loma. That fight was never offered. That fight wasn't going to happen. Do you understand the court battle and all that? I mean, all you got to do is listen to what Bob, you could probably still Google it on YouTube right now, what Bob said about Mikey making that fight. Like, it's ridiculous to even blame Mikey for that fight not happening. People act like, oh, he could have fought Loma. No, he couldn't have. It's not realistic. That was never a fight that was going to be made. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. So you could get mad at it. You could say this. You could say that. Loma check is your favorite fighter. Whatever. But that's bullshit. It's a bullshit line of thinking because it's just not true. It's not reality. And so I don't know what's up with Loma if he could fight in December. I have no clue. You don't, I don't, nobody really does besides Loma. Maybe Bob has talked to him a little bit or whatever, who knows. But I just don't, I'm looking at it realistically. I learned a long, 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 long time ago to look at boxing realistically and don't get your fucking hopes up, okay? Now, before I talk about Ryan Garcia, do not be shocked if Isak Cruz is a rematch. It was a 7-5 fight. It was competitive as hell. There's still people out there calling Isak Cruz a sea fighter. <laughs> a former host who I respect in many ways as a boxing analyst as far as predicting all that. I do disagree majorly with him calling Leo Santa Cruz and Isak Cruz a fucking sea fighter. It's bullshit. But, you know, a lot of people are doing it. I'm not just pointing him out. A lot of people saying that. And it's like... So, so what's Tank then? Is Tank a C plus then? So if Tank's a C plus or a B minus, why the fuck are you even worried about him fighting the top guys then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I just think there's – I said this before. Go after someone's resume or recent fights, but you don't have to go – you don't have to pile on to the point where you're bullshit. That's my point. Isak Cruz, that was like a 7 to 5 at tops 8 to 4. At tops, eight to four. It was a good fight. Am I calling for the rematch? No. I'm just saying, don't be shocked. Another one, Michelle Riviera. The other day he said, uh, I'm the mandatory. Well, he hasn't been called the mandatory. And can the regular, does the regular WBA, I mean, I know in the past, because you know it's the new WBA, um, but in the past they, uh, they've been able to do mandatories. But it's funny how the... <laughs> Well, I won't even get into that. But um, <laughs> I was just about to say, it's funny who they'll call and who they won't call, you know, when it comes to uh, mandatories. You know what I'm saying? Because we just saw, got a WBO Charlo Mando that came up, which we all knew was going to come with, you know, with Zoo, um, Tim Zoo. But, uh, you know, 
Michelle Riviera. Would that be a good fight? Interesting fight? He's got power? Sure. I think stylistically be fun. I think it would be, a, you know, stylistically. He's not cruising be fun. Um, I'm just talking about this, okay? Don't, don't at me. Don't talk. You know, it is what you can, actually, if you want. But <laughs> um, Ryan Garcia. You know, we saw that clip where he said, fuck Golden Boy, I want the fight type shit. Now, I don't think he was ripping Golden Boy like, man, fuck Golden Boy, man, fuck it. I think he was like, hey, man, I don't give a fuck what Golden Boy says because I'm sure Leonard L.A.B. was like, nah, Oscar won't let you, Golden Boy won't let you, right? Which there might be some truth to that, right? Um, because they'd probably want to do a split, you know, a split split uh, venture. Um which I just don't think would work, especially with the zone. The zone's not ESPN. I mean, once again, you can get into your feelings. You cannot like Tang, but to relate the Wilder Fury to Garcia and Gervonta and act like ESPN and the zone are on the same type of platform, besides they both stream shit, that's just nonsense. And if Oscar's going to do what he did for Charlo Munguia to say we got to do a split site and he wanted to put down a pay-per-view. We're not going to get much done. Oscar loves to blame the BBC and Al Heyman, but that shit was real fucking bullshit that he did. That's just being honest about the Munguia fight, especially when they agreed to terms. But the whole fuck go boy, I don't think Ryan Garcia's like, fuck it, I'm, I'm leaving or something like that. I don't think that was it. I just think he was, he, it looked like he had a couple, a few, a couple of bursts. You know, it looked like he may have put something in the air. Actually, I don't know if he's on screen. But it looked like he, he was on one. Nothing wrong with that. He, you know, he's about to start camp. Um, well, I mean, what, he fights in six weeks? Maybe it is bad to be drunk. <laughs> now that I think about it, when's he fight? Yeah, it's like six weeks. Is it seven weeks? I, I think it's seven. But um, he looked a little drunk, allegedly. But he's talking about fuck Golden Boy. I think he was like trying to say, hey, dude, I don't care about Golden Boy. I want the fight. I'm going to make the fight happen. I'm going to tell him that's what I want. And, and here's another thing. Yes, you could say Tank doesn't have an actual contract with Showtime. But you know what? Either does Ryan Garcia. The zone. And Ryan Garcia is the biggest uh, and most lucrative fight for Tank. There's no doubt about it, but obviously Ryan Garcia, it's, it's the opposite too. Tanks by far for anybody. Tank, by, it's, it's not close right now. Tank's doing three, four, five million dollar gates, which is, there's just not many people able to do that. And so that, it's not a 50-50. And another difference between not just ESPN and zone, the platform, the reach, Remember, when we're talking about Wilder and Fury, let's back that fucking thing up. Wilder and Fury fought on one platform, Showtime, the first time. It was successful. It did well at the gate, better than what people thought. And it did better than what people thought on pay-per-view. Did it blow up on pay-per-view? No. But it did over 300,000 buys, right? Then, negotiated the second fight, and I hate having to repeat this shit, I'm already getting messages as I speak because it is different. Then they negotiated it, and it was 50-50 still. And remember, Tyson Fury took the money with ESPN thinking, well, I'll be able to get the fight you know, at some point, which he did later, like a year later or whatever, less than a year later. And then they had a rematch. But remember. 
what Fox could bring and what ESPN could bring. Fox had the goddamn Super Bowl, and ESPN had two college semifinals and the national championship. So to be able to have that kind of platform, that's like one's got the Super Bowl, one's got these huge games in college football, not to mention just the different sports and, and you know all sorts of shit that they can, you know, they can uh, market it on. That's not the case for DAZN. That's not – DAZN has to go out and pay for that. Like the Canelo Bivol, they did pay to be able to have it during the NBA playoffs. I thought that was a pretty cool thing, smart thing. But, you know, it, that's within the budgets. The ESPN and Fox, that's within that. That's what the whole deal is. So, sure, after they fought and there's drama – I mean, talk about something to sell. You had Fury out boxing, winning most of the rounds, and you get dropped, getting up, starting to win the fight again, and they get dropped, looking like he's getting like like he's knocked out, gets up. You had so much hype for that fight. It's a lot different than this one, the first go around. I'm just saying. Now, am I going to sit there and be like, oh, that's bullshit that Showtime and Zone did a, a split pay per view? No, I'm not going to do that, but. To act like it's the same thing, it's just not, dude. Look at Canelo's numbers at the gate. You know, the zone. It's pretty clear. Not that he doesn't do healthy-ass gates, but, you know, from the sounds of it, they did double at the gate this last time. And we're talking about, you know, with Kovalev, who was all over uh, HBO. That guy had a lot of fights on HBO, fought Andre Ward twice. So boxing fans knew him. I'm not saying a million casual fans knew him, but, you know, that in-between common and hardcore, those guys knew Kovalev, and they still didn't do as good at the gate as he could. Now, I understand Caleb Plant was for the undisputed, but Caleb Plant had been marketed on Fox multiple times. So... I'm being realistic. People don't like to be realistic. I am. Is the Ryan Garcia fight going to happen? I got to admit, I thought it was going to happen last year. Just hearing, not just Ryan say I want it, not just Tank saying I want it, but the in-depth stuff of, I've already talked to Alex, it's a done deal. It's going to happen. You know, usually when fighters say that, those fights get made. And it was also quiet enough on the forefront, beyond that Tyson stuff, you know, some back and forth on Twitter. But Oscar wasn't out there screaming and stuff like that. So, you know, like trying to talk about the negotiations and all that. Um, So I did believe it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. You know, Manny Pacquiao swooped in. That fight didn't happen. Then the mental health stuff, Garcia... And then the injury. So now he's got a fight against Fortuna. What is that, July? Is that July 16th or some shit? Something like that. Ryan Garcia. Yeah, July 16th. At Staples Center. And then, yeah, I'm calling it Staples Center. No crypto shit. But that's a, you know, it lines up. You could, you've got your two fights. Tank just fought. Uh, Garcia's talking about, you know, December, let's do it in December, um, 
And that actually makes sense. Canelo's fighting in September. Sounds like if they make the Spence Crawford, that'd be in November. Um, we'll see. Now, Ryan Garcia recently said some other shit, too. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of believe that he actually wants it. I kind of believe that he wants it this time. And, you know, like I said, fool me once, all that stuff. But this is what, this is a couple of tweets, okay? Let me handle my business July 16th, and I'm going to get Tank. And I'm going to get Tank. He was screaming the whole fight, I'm next, so let it be. December, let's get it. Hashtag Tank and Rolly. Um, then he, he said some other shit that was laying around. But this one he said, after I beat, and here's the extra stuff. After I beat Javier Fortuna, Fortuna, I'm willing to have 24-7 coverage of the negotiations. Please, no. Let's not have a, a countdown, countdown clock like we did. Uh, remember that website, the, the countdown clock for Mayweather Pacquiao that Bob did? <laughs> I'm willing to have 24-7 coverage of the negotiations to fight Tank Davis. If he's willing to do – is he willing to do that? Come on, uh, LRB. Ha, ha, ha. Let's see who's really ducking. Then, of course, you know, Mannix, the DAZN guy, uh, jumped on the bandwagon, you know, and then saying all oh, this, that, and the third. But <laughs> here's what he – he said, Ryan Garcia and why he's disrespected as a fighter via Chris Mannix. I think it's because I'm handsome. Honestly, I think they're envious. It's kind of a cocky to say, but fuck it. It's true. I'm handsome, and they hate it. Um, I don't know if he, well, I do think some of it's that, but, you know, um, <laughs> it's a little deeper than that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something that tells me that it, it, it's it's time. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, a perfect time to make the fight, obviously. And uh, I'll say, I said it before, I'll say it again. This does kind of seem like the first fight. Like, as far as, like, how these fights are going to play out at lightweight, I did think these two, the biggest two fights they do first, would be for Tank and for Ryan. This would make the most sense. You know what I mean? Uh, because of the money. Because you're going to get a big name off of it regardless and all that jazz, right? So, do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. Um, I do think that Showtime and the Heyman Mayweather side, I do think they'd put up a healthy ass guarantee uh, here, um, Ryan Garcia. I do believe that. I think they know they can sell this thing, so I do think they do it. Now, would Oscar De La Hoya allow this fight to happen for him to go off the zone, you know, um, because the thing is, when they, you know, saying, oh, the zone is the one who built me, that's bullshit, because Ryan Garcia built himself, like, I'm not saying Golden Boy hasn't done a good job, you know, I remember when he was just starting to um, sell tickets and get, you know, start to step up his competition, I thought, I think they moved him really well, I think they've done a great job with him. I liked how they gave – they were like $10 tickets 
uh, at StubHub. This is a, a couple of years ago. But, you know, he has such a young fan base that I thought those really, really smart people that have never been to a boxing match and not jacked the prices randomly. You know what I mean? Um, it was like 10 or $15 to 75 There's a lot of tickets in, in that range that were available. And I thought that was really smart by Golden Boy. I thought it was very smart. And now, you know, he just did that. Was it 1.3 or 1.4? I can't remember. He did a really healthy game his last fight, did uh, Ryan Garcia. And so I think they've done a damn good job matching him and all that, you know. But as far as why, the zone doesn't have much to do with why Ryan Garcia is popular, if we be honest, though. Because, you know, Ryan Garcia has a, the most to do with why Ryan Garcia is popular. That Instagram, it's not like Golden Boy, you know, was like, hey, dude, this is how you do Instagram, man. I'll show you. You know what I mean? Like, he did it. He did it. You can hate on Ryan all you want. Like, he just was quoted saying, you hate me because I'm handsome. <laughs> but the dude has a following on Instagram. That's just facts, dude. You can not like it. You can like it. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. The point is, he did that, though. Now, you know, from our people behind the scenes, you know, helping him, sure, of course. But I'm sure he's got a, a, you know, some people that, you know, films them and all that. But I'm saying, Ryan, like, Golden Boy you know, did turn him into an Instagram star. Ryan Garcia did that. So this whole thing, if they're going to do the whole, well, DAZN built them, like they said, with Munguia, that would be bullshit. That would be bullshit, because Ryan Garcia built Ryan Garcia. They've done a damn good job to sit here and act like DAZN is the reason why Ryan Garcia is popular. That's nonsense. So we'll see if this actually happens. I'm, I'm not... 100% 100% positive on it. Obviously, like I said, Garcia has to be healthy with the fight with Javier Fortuna, which just got announced. He's got to he's got to win the fight and you know be healthy. Which I'm not trying to jinx him. I'm just being honest. You do have to do that, right? Um, but you know, I'm starting to think that this is actually doable. Um, you know, they did try to make it before fell apart, uh, but the fact that they have tried to make it also, I mean, if we're looking at it, Fortuna is a southpaw, Fortuna, Fortuna does have power, you know what I mean? So that plays into it as well. I think that plays into it as well. I think that's fair to say, actually. Um, now... Let's break down, and, you know, it's it's a weird time. It's kind of late at night, especially on the East Coast, so I, I tried to contact John, but he's not going to be able to call in, and hopefully I can get back to a normal schedule. I've just been crazy busy, so I, I apologize about those Thursday shows, even the Wednesday night. You know, I probably should have done it Monday, but, you know, you live and you learn what you got to do. Um, you know, breaking down these fights, let's start. some doozies, let's put it that way. There, <laughs> there's some real fucking doozies. Um, okay, so let's talk about Cambosis and Haney, shall we? Um, 
you know, instead of watching, because I've watched it more than once, the Teofimo uh, Lopez fight, right? I watched it more than once. And I thought, hmm, good to watch. I mean, it's, it's a good-ass fight, so it's fun to watch there. But the comp, right, the comparison for what Lopez did in that ring last Thanksgiving weekend, I believe it was, and how Haney's going to fight him, it's really not all that good of a comp. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't really think it is. You know? Um, as we know, Lopez came out swinging for the fences. Like, majorly swinging for the fences. And he got dropped early. You know, he did, to his credit, get up and uh, win you know, enough rounds to make it competitive. It was a, it was a competitive, tight fight. Um, even down the stretch, what was that, the 10th the round, where he landed a bunch of punches. Um, and it was, you know, if you look at the punch rate, you know, the percentage, all that stuff, um, you know, Camposis was like over 700 uh, thrown and 182 landed uh, at 24.6, which is still a nice percentage. Lopez was 176, for, uh, but he threw 565, so way less punches. But he landed 31%. Um, and his jab, not just to the head, but his jab to the body, he landed 20 out of the 61 to the, to the body. So, I mean, is there some comps to be made there? A little bit, you know what I mean? A little bit, but to be honest with you, and I know that people are going to be like, oh, dude, why would you do that? But when you go back and look at that Mickey Bay fight, right, it's a better comp. And the reason why I say that, yes, Mickey Bay is nowhere near Tiafima Lopez, right? He's not on the same level. We get that. But I'm, we're talking about styles and comp comparison, right? That's what we're talking about. So I went back and said, you know what, let me check out that Mickey Bay fight because I bet you that's a better refresher. And sure, you could say, well, shit, Mickey Bay almost won that fight. Um, you know, and you could go look at the Selby fight, too, which would be a better comp, right? But I watched that, that Mickey Bay fight again, and uh, it definitely was a better comp because of how, you know, how they fight. I'm not saying he fights like Haney exactly, but he definitely fights at distance. He throws a jab, not nearly as much as Haney, but he throws a jab. He tries to pot shots you. Like I said, that distance, you know what I mean? Um, and Bay did a good job of slowing down that work rate. Definitely. He definitely slowed down that work rate. Um, so just kind of talking about what Cambosis brings to the ring, obviously. Um, the good and the bad, right? Uh, you know, I just kind of got a, re- a refresher course of them. Because like I said, I, there's no way in hell, in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, maybe uh, Devin fights way out of character and he needs his pot to, you know, Bill Haney to say something in his ear, like, hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Calm the fuck down. You know, there, there's... We've seen a lot with boxing, right? So it's possible, but I just don't think it's going to happen. 
much better, right? But, you know, um, something Cambosis, you know, with his guard, right? He does hold his guard low, his left hand especially, which, you know, um, could get him in trouble, right? He doesn't, even his left and right hand, he doesn't hold that high. He holds it a little low, which the jab turning into a left hook and all that, that could be a, you know, a big thing for Haney. Um, at the, you know, in that fight, Cambosis was a bit hesitant to come in right away. And he's not a guy that's going to uh, try to cut the ring off constantly, even like a Jojo Diaz, you know. Um, he does throw these quick combinations. Um, he also, Cambosis, does like to parry punches, you know? He'll even take a punch or, like, parry it or kind of block it or, like, maybe take half of it and then punch it right back. And he did a good job at that. He started to land that left hook and the right hand, um, but mostly to the head in that fight. Didn't really land to the body a whole lot. And I wonder breaking this fight down if Cambosis is going to be able to land his jab, not just here and there, but throughout. Now, I'm not saying he's got to, you know, land a bunch of them or, or double or triple jab because I think that'll get him countered, but that's another thing. <laughs> Will he be able to counter? Lopez made it a lot easier or less difficult, let's put, let's put it that way. Nothing's easy, right? Less difficult to counter or, you know, was easier, <laughs> less difficult to land good counters, even that uppercut, that left uh, counter, and whether it's a you know like a counter or like just an exchange, the uppercut as well. Like Cambosis can throw those punches, you know, with a, a good amount of speed. And he, you know, his work rate. Like I said, Bay was able to slow his work rate down. I mean, that's just you know, that's just a fact. And because, like I said, what was it? 700 something, yeah, he threw 739 punches uh, against uh, Lopez. It, he didn't, he wasn't the aggressor the whole time. So a lot of it was just combos or, or counters or whatever, you know. Um, and obviously, Cambosis, you know, he has to prove that he's not a one hit wonder. You know, is he a one hit wonder or a wonder boy <laughs> or whatever, you know, like. I'll say this about Cambosis. This whole emperor thing, he's the emperor now. I get it. You know, Fury, Wilder, other people that talk shit have said, you know, sometimes they say something that's real on point. Other times it's a little corny. I'll say this. Of late, Cambosis has been pretty corny. That whole snitch thing doesn't really line up. I understand. They say, oh, you helped out your countrymen. But the whole countryman thing's a little different. Um, in America. So it's a lot different in America, right? Um, one, kind of like the UK, you're still from different states, different, you know, whole countries there. But, and not only that, but Haney and um, Lopez didn't like each other. So there's no love lost between them. They're, they're rivals. They're enemies. So that whole snitch thing, but I'll tell you this. Like I said, he talked a bunch of shit before the Teofimo fight Sometimes he says some shit that's real smooth, right? Other times it's corny. You say if you talk enough shit, you're gonna come across as corny. But at that presser, the, the recent one, 
when he walked down the stairs with the trench coat with those dudes behind him, one of his one of them was his dad. That shit was cornball as fuck, dude. I was like, oh my god, you know. And um, and Haney the other the other day was like in an interview, like, come on, dude. So. There is a little bit of, hey, dude, you're not an emperor. Emperors rule for a little while, dude. Like, you got to – you beat Tiafimo, dude. Full credit to you, but I don't know. Some of it's a little over the top. Um, you know, clearly Haney will bring that consistent jab that he throws to the body, to the chest, to the head. And it's accurate as fuck. It's sharp. It's quick. Obviously, he loves the pot shot. You know, the, the distance that he uses, the distance, that foot movement, um, that'll be huge. And, you know, the thing about switching to Haney now, um, you know, there's so much good Haney did against Linares and Diaz, but you still have that chin in what he did after, especially the Linares fight. You know, when he got hurt against Linares and when he got hurt against Diaz, I do think those were two different – he reacted two different ways. As we know, and I thought he reacted much better after learning, uh, after the Linares fight, right? So when he got hurt late in that Linares fight, the amount of times he almost like – like it, it wasn't just holding. Like holding smart when you're hurt. A lot of people get talked from the sidelines and, and call people, y'all, he's weak or but he's a pussy for not – fighting back when he's hurt. That's all bullshit, dude. It sounds great. You know, it's good on Twitter. But in the ring, I don't, I'm not going to look at someone down. I'm not going to downgrade them for holding. My point is, you could bear hug and overhold, too. And how many times did he literally look like a, a, a safety coming up on the offense, you know, on the scrimmage, on the line of scrimmage? Like, he was, like, going low, you know, going low and hugging. And it was like, whoa, dude. So the combination of what happened against Linares was like, okay, you're hurt. No big deal. Now, did it? Did you not recover? And that's why you held that many more times after? It's not like a, your original holding. You just hold for, you know, on and off for 20 or 30 seconds, and then you recoup. It seemed like he didn't recoup, right? And there's two different ways to look at it. Maybe he did recoup. If you didn't recoup and you had to hold that much, that's just not going to play that well in, in Australia. Overall, throughout your career, judges aren't going to like that shit, period. I don't give a shit where you're at in Australia or not. A perfect example is Andre Durrell and Carl Froch. Now, a lot of people think, you know, Durrell landed enough clean punches that he won that fight. I can't argue with that. But the way down the stretch, the way he Reach out and grab someone. This motherfucker bear-hugged Carl Froch, and that shit didn't play, right? And it was like, damn, so let's say he did recoup. Well, why in the world are you stalling the fight that much? Like, it's one thing to do what uh, Shakur did in the last 10 seconds. We've seen this throughout the you know years. Someone running around, moving away for the last 10 seconds. That's one thing, right? That's 10 seconds of a 12-round fight, right? But Haney was, like, excessively holding, and it's like, either way, it's a bad thing. Whatever it is, if you, if you, if you took that long to recoup, wow, that's fucked up. 
And if you did, you were recouped, why the hell did you keep holding it? Why don't you go and try to win the rounds? That was kind of weird, right? But like I said, he made the improvement against Diaz. He got hurt, but he made the improvement. Now, another negative thing that I'll say about Haney, okay, is him getting hit repeatedly with the same shot. And I think that happened more in the Diaz fight, if I remember correctly. And, of course, you're going to get hit with fucking shots, right? We know it. It's boxing. But and you're going to get hit with a certain punch throughout a fight. That's different. But I'm talking about the, like, one after another after another. Like, you got hit. Then he got hit again. Then you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, dude, where's your defense? Like, I don't look at Haney as an elite defender, you know? I think he fights at range wonderfully. I think he's got a phenomenal jab. I think he can pot shot. He's got really good foot movement. And he's just so damn accurate with his punches. And the way he – the activity really was impressive, dude. I really liked what I saw against Diaz, right? Let's look at the Diaz fight. He threw more punches than Diaz, 614 to 573. But he also got hit with 140 shots, you know, 24%. 164 to 40, that's something. That is something. Now, when it comes to work in the body, here's another positive that I thought he did really, really well. Um, I just listed a bunch of them. But the body work, not just with the jab, but the body work, you know, instead of pot shots in the head all the time, pot shots in the gut, pot shots to the arm, pot shot to the body. And he, I'm looking at it right now, Haney landed, yeah, he, he more than doubled what Diaz did to the body, 71 to 32. Now, that impresses me a whole lot. You know, that's, that's something. That's something I re, that really started to separate. And even against uh, Linares. Now, Linares is not known to be somebody's body puncher or something like that. 14 to 4 when it came to the jab to the body, but overall power shots, 46 to 13 to the body. And once again, he out through Linares. And by the way, Linares throws a lot of punches. He throws a lot of, like, punches and bunches. And that's what he's going to – so I think that Linares comp is actually – it's somewhat similar, not fully. But it's somewhat similar with the punches and punches um, to Cambosis. Now, Linares looks a lot, you know, prettier doing it. Looks a lot more, not prettier, but you know what I'm saying. It looks a lot better coming off of Linares. Linares is like, if you look at Linares on the eye test before he starts getting hit too much, the dude is, you know, he's clearly very skilled. But we know that his chin usually doesn't hold up. So with that Lopez fight, like I said, I don't see he was able to throw 739 punches. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. And so I think that much like in the Mickey Bay fight when he was tentative for a little bit, I think we're going to see a tentative. It's going to take a while for George to get going. But I do think he'll have plenty of success. I think those punches and punches, like I said, that, that left hook, uh, the uppercut, I think that's going to be key. Haney, you know, once you've got that left jab established, guess what, dude? Turn him in the left hooks, whether it's to the head or body, whatever. You know, and so I do think these last two fights were good for him, and he needed those fights. You 
know, he got a lot of rounds when he was young. And, uh, I mean, he's still super young. But you know what I'm saying. He's got a lot of fights. He's got a lot of rounds. And too many of those fights were just so one-sided. Those last two fights, he won them cleanly against Diaz and uh, Linares. But I think there was just enough adversity where I see him make an improvement. Now, when we go to the judges, how many is, is – is, is Haney going to have to win eight rounds to get the decision? I think so. I think so. I mean, I think that might I think that might be the minimum. Now, you could turn right around and say, well, Cambosis, look at Cambosis. He, uh, he got the nod, beat Lopez, and that's true. That was a mistake, so you have to say that's true. That is a good point. But we have – with speaking of comps, right, comparisons, we have a we have Pacquiao, Manny fucking Pacquiao and Horn. Right? Now, how many rounds did you give to Manny? Was it a seven five five for you? Was it eight to four? Was it nine to three? Was it eight to four? So I don't know. I don't know what you what you scored it, but I don't know many people that gave that fight to Horn on their scorecard. I know off the top, one or two. I know of one, but maybe two people that that had that said, "Yeah, I, I had Horn win it." I didn't have Horn win it. Now, I think sometimes, and we see this all the time, when a fighter is supposed to get their ass kicked and they start winning rounds, all of a sudden you start giving people more rounds because you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, and don't get me wrong, Horn did some good stuff. I mean, prior to that fight, Horn didn't look like he was all that good. The fight after, go look at that fight. He looked like shit. He looked like the Horn we all thought would happen. Now, Manny wasn't in tip-top shape, and you could tell. But he won the fight. He won the fight. I know he didn't, but he won the fight. My point is, most of us think Manny won the fight. He had, was that the ninth round where he dominated it? Right? I think if he was in shape, he would have stopped him. But it was 115-113. Um, 117-111, something like that. And, oh no, it was two of them were 7-5 for Horn. So two judges gave Horn seven rounds. And then the other judge gave it 117-111. Is that right? I wrote that down. Am I right? Did, did someone give him nine fucking rounds? Or is that, is it 117, 112? Or no, one, yeah, 117, 111. I mean, nine fucking rounds. So even if you had him winning, it had to be seven to five. If you had Jeff Horn winning, if you had Jeff Horn winning, you couldn't have, yeah, nine to three. <laughs> so my point is, if Manny fucking Pacquiao the second biggest name in boxing at the time, goes to Australia, wins the fight harder than most of us thought. I'll give you that. Sure. No doubt about it. But just because it's harder and he struggles a little bit more than we thought doesn't mean you win a goddamn fight off of that. So if Manny can get screwed like that nine fucking rounds, I mean, that's why I said I feel like the baseline is eight rounds, you know? 
that might be a split decision. That might be a majority decision. That might be a fucking draw. It could be – you can do your little scorecards like I do, right? You know, fill it out all the shit, make little notes, and you think, all right, it's 8-4. to four. That was a good fight. It was 8-4. to four. I got 80. He could still have a draw, you know? So it's tough, man. It really is. It's a tough one to actually predict. And, and I think that Devin Haney will land the better shots throughout. I think it'll play a lot, kind of like his last two fights, where he looks good for a long time. I'm not talking about a whitewash. I'm not even talking 10 to 2, like I said earlier. But this fight, I feel like will go the distance. And... I'm just not 100% sold. I don't know the judges. I don't know that. And like I said, someone just messaged me right now. Cambosis did win uh, against Lopez. I know that. You know, I know he got the nod. And he, it was deserved. It was a competitive-ass fight. And he won it. He won it. It was close but clean. He won the fight. But that, you know, but like I said, we literally have a comp, dude. You know, and and then I know people were like, well, yeah, because wasn't that Manny's last fight? Was that Manny's last fight? Because wasn't it two different? Wasn't the Bradley fight the first Bradley fight like Manny was going to be off his contract? And so like, oh, Bob will make sure it happens. Well, you know, would Bob want? Would Bob want Devin Haney to win? I mean, if we're being honest, would he want Devin? I mean, he's got they got him under contract for a couple fights. Um, but I'm going to go split decision, Devin Haney. I think he's going to win about 8-4. to four. I wouldn't be shocked at 9-3. to three. Um, But will 7-5 to five do the trick? I think that'll be a draw, or, or Campos is going to win that fight. But I'm banking on an 8-4 to four fight, and I think Devin Haney will win this fight. I think Styles make fights. And I think when you look at the success, and I, I talked about Mickey Bay. Haney's, you know, I'm not going to say light years ahead. I'm not trying to disrespect Mickey Bay, but he's better than him. He's better than him. And Selby, that was a close fight too. So, and I know that Teofimo Lopez, he, he rose to the occasion. Fuck yeah, he did. He deserved that win. But there's no fucking way in my mind that Devin Haney is going to fight so carelessly. He will not overlook him. And I'm not even going to the to the other stuff about, you know, Teofimo's health in that fight. Clearly, as it turns out, something was fucked up in the fight. But I'm not even going there, okay? I'm going off how Teofimo fought in that fight from the gate, from the first round. He was a fucking fighting like a psychopath, fighting like a like he wanted to end it quick, and you know, well it costed him, obviously. Anyway, so I got Haiti by split decision, but I gotta admit I'm not confident. I'm not confident about it. I'm not fully confident about it. Now on to Fulton in Roman, which is right here in Minneapolis at the Armory. I'm gonna be covering it. Um, I'm assuming that I'll be in the balcony. I hope so. Either way, I'll just go up there um, if they did put me, because that's that's the best sites. So if anybody listening to this, 
you know, at me if you if you have my text. Text me. I'll probably already be texting some people that are there, but um, we can hang out, shoot the shit a little bit. Maybe you'll be up at press row. Come on over. Uh, well, press row. Like I said, I'm going to be at the balcony because, like I said, that is the best spot. Uh, Fulton and Roman. Um, you know, Fulton. What is it like? Six, six or seven undefeated guys. So he. Obviously, Roman's not undefeated, but Fulton, you know, is just slowly but surely beating a lot of quality fighters as a prospect, as a contender, and now as a champion. He came off his closest fight uh, as far as over 12 rounds over Figueroa. No doubt about it. It was, it was close. Um, with Roman, you know, the first thing, you kind of think about with Roman is that MJ fight, right? It's pretty easy to think of the other guy who has the other belts. Um, and, uh, you know, I, w- I watched that fight again, too. Now, I'll say this about Roman. You know, when I talk about, you know, a lot of people will say this is just an excuse. And, of course, in boxing, as we know, there's excuses and there's legitimate reasons. And it's it's just hard to wave through that stuff sometimes. It's hard to sort through that stuff because sometimes you can think a fighter's bullshit, right? Uh, Leo Santa Cruz against Carl Frampton, the first fight. Leo, you know, his pops wasn't in camp. They weren't working on a different game plan. And you can see it in the ring. Then his pops you know, got a little better enough to be in camp enough and to work on other stuff and look how he performed. That turned out to be a legitimate reason, not an excuse. Now, or like Madonna, remember Madonna had like, he'd have like, you know, they said he'd have like a month camp and that's it before he got with Robert Garcia. He has a full camp, better sparring. Next thing you know, Madonna's got a fucking jab. You know what I mean? So, you know, those are reasons. And he fought a bunch of fights before he, you know, fought with under Robert Garcia. So for him to have short camps and still perform like that is just crazy. Now, Danny Roman, right? Roman was coming off an injury. I think he was off for like, I don't know, like eight months or some shit like that. That's not the end of the world, being off for eight months, obviously. I think this is what's going to happen here. But he's coming off an injury, but he also had a short camp, a six-week camp rather than eight or ten. So having a short camp, coming off an injury, taking on MJ, that's a tall task. You know what I mean? Um, But MJ, you know, like, Roman was busier, but MJ was more accurate. I could see the same thing happening here. Um, I mean, the, the total lands were really, really close. Now, you know, MJ was on the move, kind of darting in and out and kind of rinse and repeating. You know, quick hands, quick feet, moving in, moving out, circling them, you know, doing his thing. And, and when he landed, it landed harder, in my opinion. 
And, and then in the second half, he actually turned the aggressor, and he was the one pushing the fight more, right? He can do some of the stuff that MJ can do, you know? Um, you know, those quick hands, the crisp, crisp jab, and just his crisp, accurate punches. Um, whether it's on the move, he can punch on the move. He's a, he's really a three-tier fighter. He can punch on the move. He can, he can fight at range very well. And he can even mix it up on the inside. Now, I think he needs to limit the inside stuff as much as possible, right? And try to emulate what MJ was doing. And who knows? Down, you know, down the stretch, he may even push the base at times. But, you know, his last fight, Fulton did wear down. But that was also Figueroa, who's a much bigger physical specimen. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to put you on a rope and just throw a thousand punches, right? So I'm not saying he showed a lot in those, you know, in the clinch. I mean, or, or in the clutch, whatever you want to say. Um, he did. Uh, Fulton did. No doubt about it. And when you look at it, um, but this isn't, like we said, the styles make fights. So it's not going to be so obvious what he's going to want to do. Um, you know, it just isn't. It's, it's just not. It's, there's no way. But when you think, okay, Figueroa went to the body a bunch. 106 out of his 298 power punches, 106 of them were to the body, right? Now, Fulton went to the body 82, so 106 to 82 is pretty damn good. Now, 298 to 247, we're talking about power punches. He out, Figueroa outlanded them, but he threw 1,000 goddamn punches, 1,060. But the more accurate puncher, 44% to 34%, was clearly, you know, Fulton. But Fulton doesn't have great defense, like great defense, because he got hit 30%. Now, he landed 37. We're talking about normal punches. Um, I really think that says something right there, that he went right, like, toe-to-toe with a guy like Figueroa, who that's what he wants to do. And he also body-punched almost as much as him. You know, at a higher clip as far as percentage. So, um, Neither of these guys are going to want to just – they're going to do exchanging on the, in, on the inside. They're going to probably want to take a half a step back and counter or try to parry punches, whatever. Like I said before, like they kind of – you know, I, I, most most of the time they fight at range, both these guys. Um, whereas, I, I, you know, Daniel could fight at on the move, no doubt, but it's more of a range thing for him. And he could come forward. Let's talk about Roman a little bit. Um, you know, he can attack the body with both hands. He did it against uh, MJ. He's a good technician. He's very. He's got a sturdy guard. He's got solid fundamentals. Um, one thing I noticed again watching that fight again, and I've seen you know multiple fights with Roman. He does reach at times, which puts him in you know a bad situation. Um, I also think you know. Against MJ, he wasn't able to cut the ring off. But that footwork and the foot speed he was working with against MJ, that, that was, that's tough to cut off. And the same thing could be said for Fulton. Now, Fulton, 
sometimes will hang around and throw an extra punch or two. Maybe that MJ wouldn't. So maybe that's going to be part of the help them to cut off the ring in a sense, you know, or to get them stable, <laughs> like in one stationary, I mean. I also think Roman is going to need to faint, especially with his jab. I think he does a good job at fainting, and I think he's going to do that now. Like I said, both these guys are active. I think that um, they're going to both be in that 600 to 700 range, 750. I think it's going to be high-speed chess. I think it's going to be at times a skill fest, like I like to call a skill fest. I think a lot of this fight will be at range. It will be interesting to see. You know, if anybody leads, especially in the first chunk around, I think it will be Roman. I think Fulton will make him lead. But like MJ, I wouldn't doubt. When I say turn the aggressor, it's not like he's going nuts forwards, you know, to become a forward. But I think there's times where Fulton may push the pace. But if I had to guess, as far as pushing the pace and going to a fighter, um, to try to land his punches, you know, I would say Roman's going to try to do that. And, and I think Fulton has the advantage of uh, punching on the move. I think he's a better puncher on the move. Uh, I think that's that's fair. Um, before I get my prediction, if you like Roman to win this fight, be bashful. Okay? I'm looking at, I'm on, you know, a great site, Pro Boxing Odds. Okay? And I'm looking at Daniel Roman on FanDuel is a plus 460. DraftKings plus 425. I mean, shit, the lowest thing I'm seeing is bet 365 plus 350. I mean, a plus 460? I mean, I, I would at least take a flyer out on that, but you know, I personally am, you know, I look at that number and go, yep, yep. Doesn't mean you're not going to back it up. Doesn't mean I'm going to say, oh, Fulton is going to lose. I'm saying Roman's too good of a fighter to be plus 460 or plus. To be honest with you, I just, I don't I don't get it. That That's a little bit of a stretch for me personally. You know, I, I mean, full plus 460, to me, is a little wild, right? So, my fellow degenerates, uh, don't be bashful on that one. Don't be bad. Now, back it up, you know, like like every good better should. <laughs> back it up a little bit. However, Roman is too talented of a fighter to experience him to not take a flyer out on plus 400. And above. I mean, it's just, I think that's obvious. I think that's obvious. I think it's a good play. But I, I am picking Fulton to win. You know, I think it's going to be very competitive. Like I said, I think this is going to be fought at range, but it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be high-level skill with activity, which is a good combo. A very good combo. So, I have Stephen Fulton winning. Now, whether that's Seven to five, seven four one eight four. You know, probably go as high as like nine rounds. I think that's the highest I'd go. Um, 
I like him about eight to four, seven to five. I think uh, Stephen Fulton will win this 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 match. Um, and you know, I guess how many how, how many how many more fights does MJ have on his deal with Matchroom, or is that a combo deal? I can't remember. But obviously, Fulton and I'm sure Roman would do the same. Of course, if Roman loses or wins, you know, unless he just knocks out Fulton or something like that or hurts him really bad a bunch, I'd say they're probably going to rematch, you know, because the champion here is, uh, you know, Fulton. And, uh, you know, I'd assume he'd do a rematch clause unless he just got, you know, knocked the F out. So my point is there probably would be only one more fight and that would be against MJ. And I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if uh, we definitely aren't going to do no goddamn split site or split pay-per-view, you know. Um, I wonder if he, you know, how many fights he has. He's fighting soon on another card on a good triple header. Um, you know, Bam and uh, Rung Masai. Bam Rodriguez, shouts out to Bam and Rung Masai. He's, he's fighting on that card, right? Yeah, he's fighting, fighting uh, Ronnie Rios. So, you know, how many fights does he have in the contract? I only say that because 122 pretty much belongs to Showtime because they got a bunch of fighters PBC, right? So, I'm wondering. Obviously, he has two belts, though. You know, so to get that undisputed, you know, would they, you know, I think I think Showtime would, in, in the PBC uh, you know, side would put up a healthy chunk of money. Uh, and I kind of feel like, um, I do actually feel like Eddie would do that one. I do. I just think he'd make sure it's a healthy chunk. But um, otherwise, I would assume that full um, would go up to featherweight. That's what I would assume. If he wins the fight, obviously. Yeah, I'm picking Fulton to win the fight, but I really like this fight. You know, it's like you could say, I mean, some people think Fulton's the best fighter in the division. You know, if he beats Roman cleanly, then I think you probably got to, but it's still up for grabs, obviously, with MJ. So whether it's 1A, 1B, or whatever. But, you know, some people think Roman's the third best or the fourth best. So either way, you're looking at top five going head-to-head, and you got to love it. And I love it because it's in my backyard. Um, I'm like Eddie Hearn, dude. The shit's in my backyard, dude. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, um, that that is my prediction. Um, all right. I'm, I'm going to answer some of these, but this is getting Oh, boy. Okay, so as far as some other fights, obviously on the undercard, um, David Morrell Jr., uh, the the Cuban sensation, again, once again in front of his hometown crowd, the adopted hometown crowd, I should say, going against Henderson. To me, this is just kind of a a sidestep. It's not really even a – it's not a step forward. Uh, This dude gets hit a lot. His legs, like, lock up like real stiff. I guess it seems like he's got a decent chin, but I 
know, I saw a fight of his, and then some more highlights of him and the Kelvin Anderson. I don't think he's going to last all that long, but I, I really want uh, Morrell to get rounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think uh, Andrew Maloney will win going away. He's also fighting. Uh, junior Fob, Lucas Brown, I got Junior. That's pretty easily. There is a fight on the zone. Uh, Agawa, hold on, let me check it really quick. Let me get back on Pro Boxing Odds. Agawa and Cordinia. That's actually a very interesting fight. I think Ogawa's going to win, but let me see. Yeah, I, shit, that's even closer than I thought it was. Joe Cordina. That's a good fight. You're looking at actually Ogawa. He's actually the underdog. Now, it is on the road, isn't it? So maybe that's why the U.K. came through. And uh, Yeah, because actually Cordina is the favorite, just barely. I see plus 135, plus 140, plus 145, plus 125. I think Ogawa's going to win, but that's a good fight. I like that fight. It's a very, very competitive fight. Sky Nicholson's back as well. She's going to win, but I just thought, you know, I'd bring her up a little bit. Um, yeah, and then Inouye and Donaire, I'm going to really try to do the show on Monday. Actually, let me check real quick. I'm, I think I'm going to do the show on Monday. Because um, that's like, isn't that going to be like early Tuesday morning? If I don't do it Monday, I'll for sure be able to do it Wednesday, just so you know, because it may be like mid-afternoon. Because I don't work that day, so for sure I'll be able to do it. And I'm not bullshit. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> then I'm not. I promise you. Um, but the Inouye Donaire fight. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to just do it Monday. And then uh, we can preview and predict that one. Um, I like Inouye kind of going away. Um, but I could see it as a very similar fight where it was just super competitive. It was like it was fun. It was entertaining, right? Um, but it was a clear, clear win for anyway. I mean, that, that's, I think it was the fight of the year, right? But I understand it. You know, it was a very entertaining fight, and um, you know, ever since Nodito's gone down in weight, you know, he showed, you know, kind of his old stuff, really. But yeah, when you look at that. Um, and the fight, as we know, the fight should have been stopped, if we're being honest. And down the stretch of the, I mean, you know, copy box is not everything, right, obviously. But there's just, I don't know, like, if you look at it like the 11th round, 38 to 11, the 12th round, 20 to 8, um, you know, there there was that time frame where it was more even. The seventh, eighth, ninth was a lot more even. Even the fifth round, twenty nine to eleven for Lance, like I'm looking at it right now. And overall, two twenty seven to one one forty one. And remember, Inouye was landing at a thirty six percent fucking clip. Now, one thing that Donaire did was go to the body. You look at it, forty three to twenty nine. He definitely. Uh, went to the body very well. Um, and they, well, that was power punches, but they both went to the body, 51 to 51. So uh, out of 141 lands, 51 of them were body shots for Donaire. 
Um, but, you know, it was a clean 117-109, 116-111, and 114-113. I disagree with that. Um, you know, in the 11th round, the way he turned and walked away, that you should be – the fight should be done at that point in my mind. Um, I'm not trying to rip Donaire out of nowhere and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think anyway. I don't think it's really going to be super close. And, and, you know, I mean, can Donaire improve upon what he did? Uh, Theoretically, I guess you could say he could. Um, But I don't see it. And, you know, if this was the first fight after COVID, because I was just looking on his uh, box racket, he fought June, or he fought twice last year. If he had that long gap, like he had, uh, he had almost a year off from uh, November 2019 to uh, Halloween 2020. So that was almost a year, but that was obviously because of COVID in that time frame, right? So he got to fight twice last year, in the, once in the summer, once to close. So you know, and obviously we know Donaire, you know, got to fight twice last year too. So, um, and he had had a long break. He hadn't fought. He actually took a, a longer break. I forgot about that after that fight. You know, Bali and then this latest one, G- Gabola or whatever the hell that guy's name is. So, you know, I think anyway going to win the fight. I don't think it'll be super close. But I think it has a chance to be exactly what, well, I shouldn't say the exact way. I think it'll be a even cleaner win. I think Inoue will be the one that will improve. But like I said, I don't want to get too deep on it because I'm hoping to be able to find the time to do it on Monday night. Um, there's not a finals game that night, is there? I don't think there is. Sorry for taking this little gap, but I don't think there's a finals game that night, right? No, there's not. I think it's actually Wednesday. Now that I think about it. Yeah, it's Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. So I definitely, if I do it Wednesday, it'll definitely be during the game, during the day, like the afternoon, because I don't want to do it. Um, let me see here. Portland, if you want to join in, feel free. If not, that's cool. We talked about this earlier. Estrada, this is from Jake Donovan, uh, like two days ago, a day ago. Estrada rumored uh, for a rescheduled trilogy bout with Chocolatito, but the Franco fight remains in play. And the reporter, Nicaraguan journalist, Levy Luna, he says, well-respected. It sounds like, you know, because obviously there was that purse bid for it, and uh, obviously the fight was secured for, you know, a a minimum of 120,000. Clearly, there would need to be more than that. But um, he said efforts uh, the contact representation for all parties published. A recent conversation with Golden Boy Promotion, Oscar De La Hoya, indicated that a date was still set for Estrada Franco, despite the rumors, uh, possibly landing on July 16th. Um, so, you know, could he be like, well, I'd rather just fight the fight I was going to fight with the trilogy? Um, and, you know, I mean, I personally want to see that fight. But I also understand that, you know, it did 
already happened. They fought twice. But, you know, there's a large-ass gap uh, between the last time they fought, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious, you know. Like, it took a long time for that rematch to happen. That's not dogging anyone. That's just facts. It took a long-ass time. So um, I can understand why you'd want the bigger money fight, you know. I'm not trying to take any anything away from Franco, solid fighter and all that. You know, I'm assuming he, you know, Estrada uh, would have to drop the belt, right? But uh, unless there's a step aside money or something like that, but I'm not sure about that. Maybe that's what they're negotiating. We'll see. Um, speaking of like stuff getting stuck right now. The uh, that Leo Santa Cruz. Hold on, I'm sure I was quoting the right people, but right now it's a little funky. You know, we we know that um, they've been in talks, Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, you know, because they had there's basically two belts at the damn division, and so. Obviously, you know, Lee Wood, they, they, they want to basically want to resolve the purse bid thing. This is also from Jake Donovan. It says, uh, Leo Santa Cruz Lee Wood title fight remains on hold pending WBA purse split resolution. Now, um, because Lee Wood beat Conley for a portion of the WBA, right? That side, which I believe is Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, wants a 50-50 because he said, you know, the traditional split between Super Champion and any other challenger or secondary title order uh, in lieu of that. So right now it's 55-45 to in favor of Santa Cruz, and they're trying to get that to be 50-50. And then maybe go to a purse bid. We don't know. Not really sure. So right now they're it's, you know, it's on hold. It's literally on hold. So, um, you know, uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it ends, Jake ends it instead. Everyone, he goes through a bunch of scenarios of what happened. You know, he said instead everyone's forced to play the waiting game as the, the WBA seeks to find the best solution to move forward with the fight that is part of its title reduction campaign both have fights, so, or they both have belts. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's really no big update when it comes to that, unfortunately. But there is a couple other updates out there for fight news and whatnot. The WBO, which, you know, we, we knew this was coming, if you paid attention. The WBO did call, um, you know, for... Tim Zhu to to get you know to be the mandatory, and the parties have until they have 20 days, so they have until June 20th, I think it is actually. Is it June 1st? Maybe they have June 19th. I don't know, but they have till otherwise the purse bids will be called, right? So WBO, no no big surprise there. Now it's just a matter of so that would put it in like. September or October, something like that, 
So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, there was a report from Salvador Rodriguez from ESPN, at Chava ESPN, that says Charlo, after Sulecki fight, is just going to go up to 165, or 168, right? But also, that, um, in which would leave uh, Adams in Montiel to fight for the his vacant belt. So, Adams, or Adams, is it, I, no, it's not Adams, it's, uh, Adamus, Adamus, and Montiel would fight for the vacant uh, WBC. Maybe Jermel would pop in there too. I, I don't know. You know, that's something I don't know if he's going to stay at 154 or not. Like I said, they can work these. They can work this deal out where, you know, maybe they'd fight in September. Maybe they'd fight in October. But maybe he's going to go to 160. Shit, maybe he's going to go to 160 and fight Arislandi Lara. I don't know. But, uh, um, you know, I could see. I could see that. kind of matters what they, you know. I mean, if Spence Crawford happens, there's a possibility there's a rematch there, right? And so that would keep them both probably at 147. Not this year, but the first it's probably second quarter next year is when the, the rematch would happen. If, in fact, we can just get the first one, obviously. Um, I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch, right? But I don't know, man. It, it, it's I don't. I'm, I'm kind of like I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. I'm not that sure what's going to happen. You know, I don't know. I mean. He may release the belt and make more money fighting Harrison for the trilogy. He may go up to 160, but I hope he stays at 154 just because, you know, the Harrison trilogy, the Tim Zhu, um, Fundora, I think those are all pretty good fights. You know, thank you. I think he's got two or three fights there, but I, I don't really know. You know, it, but I'll say this, if, if in fact, you know, Jamal, his brother, is going to go from 160 to 168. You know, there's a decent chance that he could go up. And maybe he'd just fight the winner, you know, of the fight I, I was telling, talking about. So I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm wondering, you know. I would, stylistically, I think that would be fun, though. I think that'd be really fun. I'll tell you that. That would be a fun-ass fight. Um, oh, you know what? I didn't. I think I missed this last week, but thoughts go out and RIP rest in peace to Gary Russell Sr. who died um, just just a little bit after like his 64th or 63rd birthday. He had uh, type 2 diabetes. Obviously, we know, you know, last year he had to amputate his leg and so, yeah, thoughts out to go out to the Russell family and, you know, R.I.P. Gary Russell Sr. I mean, obviously, he, you know, he did his job as a father and more, you know. So I did forget to to, to say that last week. I'm pretty damn sure. Um, also, um, Wilder 
sounds like Wilder is going to continue his career, which I'm very happy at. I'm also happy that he took some time off, though, because, you know, that was a brutal fight. And so why not, you know, why not? So why not, why not calm down? You know, why not take some time off? Um, but, yeah, he, he is uh, he's coming back. He said, uh, I must continue my journey for those speculating about his retirement. That was at his statue unveiling. Um, so that's dope. I- I'm happy to see that. I'm really happy to see that. Uh, oh, yeah. Danny Garcia. This is at 154. Remember he said he was going to go to 154. And, hey, <laughs> speaking of, if Danny fights in July and he looks good at 154, you're, you're, you're telling me that, you know, Danny and – and Jermel couldn't fight? That would be a big fight for him. Danny Garcia, Jose Benavidez, set at 154 July 30th on Showtime at the Barclays. This is Jake Donovan. Um, so, you know, he's been out since December 2020 after, you know, putting up a pretty good fight against Spence, but he lost it. Um, the first was uh, Coppinger to get this. So, you know, for what, you know, considering he hasn't fought, you know, in a long time, I think this is a good fight, you know. I think this is a good fight. Uh, Benavidez did, he even says right here, you know, he he, uh, he he actually had a draw his last fight out on that I remember. Um, to Emmanuel Torres. But as far as this being a, you know, a comeback fight, and uh, Benavides is, is, is a solid fighter. He's not like some kind of great fighter. He's not nearly as good, you know, as his brother, um, as we know. But um, to just go to 54 and see how your your body feels, you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad of a fight. I'm not saying, oh, dude, this is going to be awesome. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people, you know, talked about. Jose Benavidez after the, the Terrence Crawford fight because, oh, look, man, he, you know, he, he lasted a long time in the fight. And, you know, he, he didn't, he, what was it, the last round, right? He got, I think he got TKO'd in the last round. It was the first time he was down. And, and a lot of people gave him a lot of credit for that. And, you know, um, it, you know, it, I think one of the scorecards had it 108, 101, and 107, 102 uh, before it. I'm looking at it right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, he fought almost, well, actually, technically almost that middleweight in his last fight to that majority draw. Um, so it's just one of those fights that, you know, you get to feel out, okay, you know, let's see how I feel at this weight. Um, and then, you know, there's plenty of guys for him to fight, obviously. Here's some great news. Uh, Taylor and Serrano, right? I was really interested interested to see what this gate did. And now we have the numbers once again. This is from Boxing Seed, Jake Donovan. $1.4 million was the ticket sales for the uh, MSG for that fight. And, uh, you know, you could say, oh, is this a sellout? They only did one four. I know people will that or whatever, but that's you know, that's fucking a nice ass gate for a 
most fighters, you know. But for that, that is uh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I'm really happy to see that. That's dope. There was some other news that a heavyweight prospect, Frank Sanchez, did leave Eddie Eddie Reynoso. He left uh, Frank Sanchez. Left Eddie Reynoso. Sounds like he's going to train with Joe Goosen. And I believe does he have the same manager or not manager, but yeah, manager as uh, Ryan Garcia. I can't really remember that. Help me out on that. Um, oh yeah, someone someone texted me the scorecards. Actually, it's like the Showtime's uh, screen of the Romero Davis. So. One of the scorecards had it 48-47 for Romero. One of them had it 48-47 for Davis. And one of them had it 49-46 for Davis. So, um, Oh, there was also a gate from the MGM. We got a little number there from Dan Raphael anyway. $1.6 million for Valdez Stevenson. Which, so that did 1.6. The other one did 1.4. And they took place on the same night. Um, so, yeah. That's... Uh, that's kind of interesting there. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get out to Portland, Josue, out 503 Portland. I'm going to go out to him in just a second here. Let me get my stuff together. All right, what's going on, Portland? Josue, man, what's 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 popping? Yeah, I'm at, uh, what I what I said. I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Um, I don't know if you're close enough to the to your phone or the mic or something, but I, I can't really hear you that well. Uh, I mean, I can, but it's it's rough. Let me get out of the private. There we go. There right. we go. Oh. There we go. Oh, you know what? Oh, okay. I I, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Real quick. Hold on. Give me. All right. One second. I know what. I know exactly what happened. Hold on. All right. Yeah, I can definitely hear you loud and clear now. All right, Chris. Do you hear me? Am I better? Yes, sir. Good. All right. Cool. All right, yeah, yeah, man. Let's. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, man. I was saying uh, I'm doing good, Chris. Uh, here in beautiful Oregon, uh, a lot of boxing that's happened. Uh, but uh, how you doing, Chris? Uh, how's everything, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm really looking forward to the card uh, that's here this weekend with uh, Roman and Fulton, man. So I'm doing good. Doing really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, don't forget about the the big one, man. The uh, uh, what's the Haney and um, Cambosas, man? Isn't that isn't that this weekend too? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I did a really yeah. deep breakdown and prediction mm-hmm. on it, so I, I haven't forgotten. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. But uh, but let's get into it. But uh, let me uh, backtrack a little bit. Some of the past weeks have happened. Uh, some boxing has. Uh, well, we already know the the devastating the loss of Canelo. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, let, let me just say, Charlo, uh, uh, Brian Castano, man. This is a good fight for what it lasted. Uh, I thought Castano brought it. Uh, that's what I wanted to see from a fighter. But, man, uh, Charlo's power just came in and uh, took over. Um, so, man, but Brian Castano, man, it doesn't, uh, he can't hang his head on this one. He's, he's, he'll be back. 
You know what I mean? But Charlotte moves forward. And, uh, you know, and like, and also, Chris, like, you know, you were saying earlier, you said you'd mentioned Danny Garcia versus uh, Charlo in the future. I would like to see that one happen. That's, that's, that sounds like a good fight. Um, Danny Garcia, the, uh, like, uh, real quick, uh, the, he got the Benavides, Jose, Jose Benavides. So that, that's a, you know, that's a fun fight. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, Benavides is probably going to be uh, talking shit to build up the fight. So it's going to be, it's going to be something. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like you said, like that, that was, uh, looking forward to that one. And also, um, also Chris, I don't know if you got to see the, uh, the, 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 the Vargas dynasty, if I could recap real quick that real fast, man, I, I bought that, that pay-per-view only for the kids. Uh, only for the the dynasty brothers, the three the the three brothers, uh, the Vargas brothers, and uh, I actually got the uh, the subscription base. So I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm set for the year or whatever the month or whatever. Uh, so you know for monthly um, for the fights or whatever whatever fights they produce. You know what I mean? So that's another subscription for boxing. And um, uh, but yeah, man. As far as the the, Var, uh, the Vargas brothers, uh, they all look good. Uh, Armado, I thought had the the most difficult fight out of all of them. He, the, uh, the middle child had the, the, the most difficult one. Um, he, he had a, he had, he had the, his opponent came, you know, he, he, he brought, you know, his fire. So, uh, but he, the uh, model got it done. Uh, so that's what it's about. It was a learning lesson for him, but he, he got it done. And also, uh, the, the, the Vargas, uh, the, 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 what's his name? Uh, Fernando Vargas Jr. Uh, the oldest one, he got, he got the win. Um, so he looked impressive, but, uh, it also, it also was, the uh, um, the, the debut of the little one, uh, Emilio, Emilio, uh, uh Vargas, man, and um, you know uh, that yeah, this guy, you know, really he brought it. Too, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's the really young one. Has yeah, he's the one that uh, has the, you know, grow, you know, was the the youngest out of all of them that started, in, uh, you know, with the boxing. So, uh, you know, he looked good. Uh, you know, like he 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 did what you're supposed to do in your first in your first fight. Get get the guy out of there immediately. Uh, look impressive, and that's what he did. Um, I also like the, like I mentioned real quick, he came out to, he came out to a song, um, uh, Muchacho Alegre, uh, uh, which means, uh, uh, happy young man or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, excited young man or whatever. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I thought it was a great choice cause it's like, you know, the, the song hit is that once I heard that song, I was like, Oh shit, this, he came in, he, he came in tough, man. So that's all I got to say, but I'm looking forward to them. Um, uh, sucks. You know, if I can mention one thing, man, I just don't like that. They were like, I, I get that the, the, the Vargas sons, but to put them this early in a, in a, you know, to pay to watch them, I, I don't know. I would have liked to see them maybe kind of build up and be on uh, free TV. And but I, I get that their names or whatever. So, um, uh, you know, they're 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 a dynasty and they they're all they're, you know they're 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 destined for glory. So we'll see what happens with them in the future. Uh, also, too, man, if I mention real fast, uh, David uh, David Benavides, David Lemieux, man, if I could say one thing about this man, uh, this is to me a, a waste of a. Um, uh, of a Saturday night, uh, I, I like David Benavides and everything. Uh, Dave, uh, you know, I, I support the guy, but man, we, the, he just slaughtered him real fast, and I, I, we just didn't see anything, um, anything new, anything we we could have probably possibly seen. Um, you know, maybe something um, new from David. He just, you know, did what he was supposed to do. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my – I don't know. I just didn't feel – I didn't think David Lemieux was a good choice for an opponent. But, man, uh, you know, he was in there. He did his thing. And, uh, you know, he, he got work for it. So, uh, uh, Benavides moves forward. Um, you know, uh, you know, at this point, you know, now that Canelo is busy and he looks like he's got a – 
Def- definitely, you know, the uh, Canelo fight doesn't seem anything, maybe anything in the horizon this year or maybe late next year or something. But uh, um, I would like to see him uh, fight, what's his name, um, uh, Charlo now. You know, uh, hope- hopefully that fight is made sooner than, than later now. I-, I think that's the fight to make, um, in my opinion, um, the you know, fan-wise or whatever. So, uh, y- you know, that that's what I'm uh, looking forward to uh, for Benavides. But, man, yeah. But, man, I just wish it was a, a better opponent, you know. And also, um <clears throat> And also, too, uh, 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 which is wanted to mention real fast, I heard uh, uh, Anthony Joshua, man, uh, you know, he's, he's linking up with the Mexicano, uh, Robert Garcia, man. I, you know, I like that combination, you, you know, Chris, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it definitely, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm, a, I'm, I was never a big Joshua fan at all, you know, even I, I thought his best fight was with uh, Vladimir Klitschko, um, but uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy that, you know, would, puts up a banner for for uh, uh, Joshua. But, man, him him being, you know, with Garcia makes me, you know, root for the guy. So I'm not going to lie about that, you know. Uh, so I I'm, I'm, I'm can't wait for this, uh, for their first fight together. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, man, I just wanted to mention that real fast. And also uh, the, the this past weekend's fight, Javante Davis, uh, Rolando Romero, man, I, I like this one. Uh, you know, Romero, I thought, you know, he's kind of – he was kind of – are, are a little bit in the way our modern um, uh, Ricardo Mayorga, but without the, without the you know Spanish or you know the the, the I don't know just he the, he didn't have what uh, what's his name uh, uh, what the fuck I just forgot his name right now uh, fuck uh, uh, help me out Chris I just said his name but, um, Romero Ro- yeah yeah uh, yeah no uh, he reminded me of somebody I just said his name right now and I completely forgot. Uh, Ricardo Mayorga, yeah, like I, I felt like he's oh, kind of yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, like he's like, he's kind of like Ricardo Mayorga, but like he he lacks, you know, because um, Ricardo Mayorga, like in Spanish, he was really well, like he he was really well with his his speech, like you you understood everything, and you know, um, kind of uh, Rolando Romero's kind of I don't know, he's 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 funny, he's a funny guy, he he definitely build up the fight, um, that's the reason I I stay tuned to this fight, I to buying it. Um, so, uh, but man, he only lasted what in the, somewhere in the sixth round and just got caught with a punch. I, you know, to me, in my opinion, it being a pay-per-view fight and, uh, you know, I thought he should have been given a chance to, to fight. I, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to say, Oh no, he, he was too rocked or whatever, but he got, he was on his feet. I felt like he listened to the, the referee clearly. He, you know, he stepped to his left, um, when he asked him to, and, you know, he, he was still like, you know, I just felt that he was still there, you know, um, he could have continued. Obviously, I think even with the whatever remaining seconds of, of or minute left in the fight, I think Davis could have most likely put him away. But I think you should have gave I think he should have been given a chance to, to fight, you know, um, Romero, because, you know, I, I thought, you know, he, he deserved that. You know, he I, I just think he deserved that uh, chance too. Uh, you know, come back. But, hey, um, the, but Did Davis, you, you know, got it done. stoppage, though? Did you say it's a bad stoppage, or you just thought he could get given another chance? I'm okay. I'm okay with the stoppage, but I thought he was well enough to continue. Like I don't think it was bad. I'm not gonna say oh, but BS. uh, You know, he it's a it's a BS uh, stoppage. I I I could agree with it, but I also think that he was well enough to be to continue like he was still on his feet he wasn't you know he didn't wobble you know what i mean he didn't fucking go back and you know or did did the joshua go back to the corner and you know kind of lay in the you know what i mean like he didn't do anything like you know what i mean he followed instructions you know what i mean to me he well, followed he instructions and he was well enough yeah he didn't follow instructions right away though he kept putting up mm. his gloves 
the ref didn't ask for the gloves. He asked for the step, and then he did. You're yeah. right, though. He did finally. But he asked about two or three times, and then he did it. Oh, okay. So, but I, I think you're right on the money. It wasn't a bad stoppage. Like, why the fuck did you stop that? That's bullshit. But I understand what you're saying. We've seen guys that hurt continue. So I think you're making yeah. a good point. Yeah, and but, uh, but I also want to make a point. I also want to make a point that it was like you know it was a it was a pay per view fight. I think with it being such a high caliber, uh, you know, a fight. You know, it, this was you know a big fight. It's pay per view. Um, you know, it's huge. People are talking about sure. it, but you know, I yeah. I just think with those kind of moments, it's that this was uh, this was a world a world class championship uh, uh, fight. You know, I think uh, I, I'm not too I'm not too sure, but with like two regular belts on the line or something, and uh, I'm not too familiar with the. I mean, I, I like the WBA, but they're wild and with so many belts out there. So you know, it's kind of even for me as a hardcore fan, it's hard for me to freaking you know I don't even know what was uh, on the line. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, like I, you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. but with the WBA, but I, you know, like you know this, you know what I mean. So I think I, what you're uh, saying is fair about the stoppage. I think you're I think you're saying yeah. it, it's fair. Definitely. I think Thanks, man. I hear you. I hear exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. But uh, Baroli, you know, the, he 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 doesn't have to hang his head, you know, with this one. I, obviously, sure. uh, the internet has definitely uh, kind of you know. Uh, Took him down a notch. I'm sure it humbled him a, a few, you know what I mean, <laughs> a few notches. So, uh, but I would stay away from the internet for for a good while if I was uh, Rolly. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, for me, uh, I would love um, for his next fight. I know he's coming off a, a, a TKO loss or whatever, you know. But uh, I would love to see him against Pitbull, man. I think with them too. I think you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think this would make a great fight because you know Roley would you know talk a bunch of you know talk about a bunch of crap and you know he I, 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 Isak Cruz you know he, that dude is an assassin that dude is his I, I remember the um if I can mention real fast the stare down with him and Davis at the Wayans that, that that like like emotionless like stare like it was something about it that was just like you know you had to respect it I, I, you know what I mean he comes he, he's a I think a pitbull. Pitbull is like the real deal, you know what I mean? Like, holy crap! But I think um, that's a fight to make, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, and uh, and also too, man, and uh, uh, shout out to Edie Slandy Laura uh, getting it done against uh, Spike O'Sullivan. I forget what round it was, but he he got the he got the stoppage. And um, but yeah, man, he uh, if I can say something about it, Laura, man, he's looking good at 160 pounds, man. This this is this is a newfound Laura, man. I'm liking this guy, man, and. Uh, um, hopefully he, hopefully, you know, he gets a good fight or a big fight, a big opportunity sometime, um, in, you know, up in the future. Uh, so, but man, I'm liking this new Laura, man. Um, and also too, man, uh, if I could give a uh, real fast, man, uh, uh, pendejo of the week or pendejo of the, of the month of uh, May or whatever, uh, just real fast, man, it has to go to, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Ryan Garcia, man. Uh, you know, he, uh, Man, boy, did he! Man, he. I think he made a dumb bet live. At I, I, I get it. You're young and brash. You got, you know, the, the, you know, the world in front of you, whatever. But man, I, you know, it's just making a bet like that, like that. You know what I mean? Just, uh, I think uh, you deserve Pendejo of the year, cause, boy, man, uh, I'm, you know, uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, I forget his name. I'm freaking forgetting everybody's names today. Uh, what's his name? Um. Uh, help me out, Chris. Uh, Dallas. Uh, I forgot his name right now. Um, what are you talking about? What's his name? Uh, sorry, Ryan Garcia made a bet. Uh, no, no, oh, yes, no, sorry, sorry. No, right. It was Spence. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, he was making yeah, a, um, uh, a, a bet with Spence. Win. 
Yeah, yeah, but I was saying that he, I was saying that uh, uh, Ryan Garcia deserves Pendejo of the Year for that man, and because uh, <laughs> you know, oh man, I, I just thought, you know what I mean? Because there, there should have been a live reaction video to him, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, for that when that dude got stopped. But man, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Uh, but also, man, if I before I get out of here, I just want to mention that the. Yeah, the uh, um, the big fight, um, Devin Haney versus Cambosos. I like this fight. Everything that uh, Devin Haney had to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do on the to-do list uh, for uh, Cambosos. I mean, getting a new uh, promoter, uh, having to, you know, all these things, the, the, these commands that Cambosos had, man. And, uh, bro, that, that, that's it's, that's insane to me, Haney. Haney, hopefully, I'm I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he gets the win. I know it's dangerous territory, um, but you know, in, in a little bit, I mean, can I cannot see Devin Haney not winning this fight on the scorecards. Um, I could see him definitely outboxing um, uh, Cambosos uh, like clearly. Uh, but it, but even like even like I said before like you know I I, I think he, like even Manny Pacquiao had a hard time getting a a win over there so um but man I'm rooting for the kid uh, this you know uh, uh, this is a, a different land for the kid uh, man uh, and and also he he doesn't have his father by his side um you know it's like his lead trainer you know what I mean like so man I, you know I'm rooting for the kid you know come home with the belts but you know uh yeah I mean I forget everybody's freaking name Devin Haney uh come home come home with the belts uh let's do this man and uh you know make a uh, make legacy and uh you know uh be remembered so you know uh but I got I got Devin Haney uh winning by split decision uh this weekend in Australia over Cambosos put it down Chris uh, that's what I got. So, man, uh, but but also, uh, but yeah, man, uh, Chris, uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, don't have too, uh, too much to say. Um, shout out to the Rope Dope Radio. And Viva Mexico, cabrones. There we have it. Appreciate it as always. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to say you're going for Roman, Danny Roman in the other big fight. Cause remember, these are two top fighters at 122, too. Don't, don't sleep on the Showtime fight this weekend either. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're gonna you're going with the Mexicano. I don't think that's really uh, you know guessing too much, right? Um, so yeah, just a couple other uh, little news items. We'll get out of here. Um, there was oh you know someone sent me uh, Michelle Riviera saying to Graham. He said yes, I am the mandatory now. And Joel Broadway, Broadway Joel said, uh, Michelle Rivera said on my YouTube channel he will fight Gervonta next. He has reconfirmed that he will fight Tank next on the Instagram. Um, now, he didn't necessarily, when he says, I am the mandatory now, well, they have to call it then, you know. Like, they got to call it for him to be the mandatory. Maybe they're about to call it. I don't know. Uh, Frank Warren, this is IFL TV. Frank Warren has declared that they have a venue booked on October 22nd in London for Anthony Yard to fight the winner of Better Be of Joe Smith Jr. Okay. Speaking of light heavyweight, this is IFL as well. Eddie Hearn has stated that if Dimitri Bivol is to make a volunteer defense, that it's most likely going to be against his guy, Joshua Buatzi, September or October. That could be, uh, you know, that might be an interesting fight. Also, uh, this is Sky Sports, July 2nd. July 2nd at the uh, 
um, in Manchester. It says AO Arena in Manchester. Um, the fight is confirmed. Huey Fury against Michael Hunter. This is for the WBA heavyweight final eliminator. Um, Fury can be tough to, to watch sometimes, but hopefully that's a good fight. Let's hope that's a good fight. Okay, boxing Twitter. Is there really anyone who questioned the stoppage? Did they miss the fact that the refs asked Romero to walk to the side three times and his legs were bad? Um, here's a couple other ones, though. Um, what the what the fuck was Rolly supposed to do? Show the ref he was okay to continue? Oh, to show him he was okay. Recite the alphabet backwards. Identify the prime drivers of WW1. <laughs> Summarize the Magna Carter. He beat the count. Stood still, put his gloves up. Jesus. So to me... I, I'm more with CT what he said about the stoppage rather than say to act like it was just a horrible stoppage. That's kind of bullshit. When you see the back view and you see him, like I said earlier in the show, when you see him, look at the heels of his his feet. He can't, he can't really, he can't really do that. He can't balance. But anyway, tank is hurt and referee David Fields is giving tank a lot of time to recover. So Tank was hurt in that fight a bunch. This is uh, Kevin Aoli, no surprise here. Wow, David Fields stopped the fight. Romero got up and followed instructions. Fields stopped it. You know, he actually didn't follow the instructions right away. He ultimately did. Uh, Loma got dropped against Lenares. Nobody questioned his chin. Luke Campbell, Luke Campbell's suit was giving Loma major problems in that fight. And people conveniently forgot that. They basically erased Loma's loss to Salido. And people say that Loma started slow against Tia Fimo. All excuses. I think that's a pretty fair tweet. Cambo oh God, this is like King Troll. Cambosa's won more belts at lightweight than Durant. Just saying. This guy's been all over the place. This is Luda Bella talking about Canelo and Triple G, but this is last year. I see it at well actually I see it. December 19, 2020. Wow, someone really dug this out. Canelo Triple G3 won't be fun. Don't want to see Triple G's great career end that ugly. I'd watch, but there are fights I'd rather see. Thought GGG won the first time, lost competitively the second. It'll be a savage beating. You know, I think this was right after the Derevchenko fight. No, that wouldn't have been. That was 2019. I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, oh, here's a Loma nut hugger. The winner of Cambosis versus Haney is not the king of the lightweights. Both lose to Loma. There's only one king at 135. Okay, buddy. Okay. Um, oh, here we go. I see we pushed the slow starter narrative today. It's inexcusable for Tank, but when it's Loma, it's called downloading and, you know, entering the matrix. That is, that is true. Stevenson take might look like Mayweather and Canelo. Uh, I don't, I don't see possible that. Oh, here we go. There, there will be plenty of time for Davis Ramiro postmortems, postmortems. But tonight, I'll give you the knee-jerk reaction. The rolling line movement was suspicious as fuck. That's what this guy said. He goes on because 
the knockout did drop. The knockout for Romero did drop kind of heavy. And usually when it drops heavy, especially fight week, it means something. I don't think it's impossible that the books manufactured uh, the dramatic line movement on Roley to solicit bets on the dog. Give the public the impression that the sharp late steam is hitting him. Tough uh, to otherwise justify dramatic market confidence in such a limited fighter. That's kind of interesting, you know? That's kind of interesting. Even Chris Mannix said that uh, the Barclays, which almost did 19000 for for the tank fight, uh, he said that the organizers expected the gate to be in the $5 million range, which, you know, that's pretty damn good, as we know. Um, one more thing here. Oh, yeah, this... See, this is what I love about shit, right? This is what I. This is what's fun about it. And this shit is May twenty second, two thirty three, on the same. Or actually, hold on. On the same day. What the hell? Okay, so <laughs> this guy tweets, man. If I'm Jermel Charlo, I would stay at 160 and stay the hell away from David Benavides. Too big, too damn strong. Okay? That's what he said. So he's saying stay away. Right? And then another tweet, which looks like the same day. Boy, that PBC witness... uh, PBC Witness Program, meaning Witness Protection Program, is real when it comes to Jamal Charlo. He's too small for Benavides, so his fans say, but he's just right for Canelo at 168, which is the same weight division as Benavides. You can't make this up. So he was saying, if I was Jamal, I wouldn't go near Benavides. But then he goes the complete opposite way. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is uh, Adrian Delgado. This is about the Fulton-Roman fight. I see Fulton getting out to the early lead. I definitely see that. Working behind the jab, boxing his way to lead and fighting inside in spots. Roman remains steady throughout, landing more damaging punches downstairs and up top, closing the gap late. But he's got Fulton eking out 7-5. to five. I think that's a good breakdown. That's very solid. Um, okay, one more. You can employ Chris Mannix to talk about boxing, or you can be taken seriously as a platform, but you can't be both. Oh, my God, that is so funny. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Um, hold on. Actually, Oh, yeah, he said 100% Roman with the Mexicano flag, of course. Why not? Why wouldn't you? It's going to be a good fight. I'm telling you, CT, I'm telling you. Roman is a on some websites a plus four for fifty, meaning he's a four to one underdog. Meaning you put ten dollars, you win forty. Well, technically that would be forty five because plus four fifty. I'm seeing a bunch of these, you know, lines. Different different websites are plus four hundred and above. I think there's one that's plus three fifty, but that's crazy, dude. Roman's way too good of a fighter. To, to to have it like that. Now, you know, 
not saying that, you know. I did pick Colton to win, but golly. I mean, that's that's pretty intense. Oh, real quick before we get out of here. The Robert Garcia thing, I think I, – I, I like that the, – the one thing I'll say is Anthony Joshua is trying something different. And so he knows that I have to fight different in this rematch. So I respect the shit out of him. Because I don't see him winning the decision, you know. He, he didn't – that was in the U.K., right? Yeah, he didn't even win in the U.K. He ain't winning the decision. I know that this could be in Saudi Arabia, but he ain't winning a decision in my mind, in most people's minds, really. So I like that he's making the switch, right? Now, when has Ryan, Ryan – Robert Garcia – when has Robert Garcia trained a heavyweight? That's the only thing that I look and go, hmm. Robert Garcia really doesn't have much experience in heavyweight training. And it's boxing, but heavyweight is a little different. Um, but no matter who he was going to pick, I respect Anthony Joshua that he knows, hey, I need to be different. And, you know, the come forward with the jab, pressure, pressure, pressure. Now, some of the some of his fighters, like his brother Mikey Garcia, like Bam Rodriguez, they're different type of fighters. Um, but, you know, what he did for Maidana, I mentioned that earlier. So I like that he, I like Anthony Joshua that he's trying to do something different. Now it's too bad that they didn't have like a mini camp, like a, a month or something, you know? Because how much, no matter who he picks, Ronnie Shields, whoever, how much is one camp going to change you? That's the only drawback. And I, and I mentioned this earlier. I think you know we saw him getting advice in the ring and punching a little bit, right, throwing some punches with Ronnie Shields. We saw him taking pictures with Eddie Renozo, and I think he stopped in with Garcia, didn't he? Some other people, whatever. And I'm sure what Shields told him and other people told him, I'm sure he took that back to the UK or back to Dubai. You know, sometimes he trains there a little bit or whatever. I know he vacations there. And I'm sure he did some of the stuff or was trying to work on it because we have seen some clips where he's trying to work on being more aggressive and throwing punches, right? And just going for it. Not just jabbing, but going for it. So that's cool, but if you're going to go to a new trainer, you want that exact trainer to be like, you know, like to critique you and be on you and all that. So the two drawbacks is no matter who he chose, which Robert Garcia is one of the top guys out there. I can't deny that. But how many heavyweights has he trained? That's kind of a like, hmm. But, like I said, I like that he's switching it up. I wonder where they're going to, I mean, is Garcia going to, like, where are they going to train? Are they going to train in the U.K.? Are they going to train in Dubai, then go to Saudi? I mean, what are they going to, where, where are they going to train? And how long, because, a lot of people started thinking, damn, Bam Rodriguez, it's going to be in camp and shit for Bam's fight in June. Because that's what, June 25th or some shit? Like, yeah, it's June 25th, I think. Is that right? I think it's June 25th. Bam is going against Rungvisai. That's a, you know, that's a big fight for Bam Rodriguez. Yeah, it's the 25th. And he already said, no, I'm going to be in his corner. 
I'm gonna be a Bam Rodriguez scorer. But is he gonna be there the whole the whole camp then? But you know what? There's there's a chance. What was it? What's the working date? July 23rd or something like that. The working date is July 23rd for the rematch. Um, maybe it gets pushed back a couple weeks. I don't know. But I just wonder. So where where is the training camp going to be? Is he going to be in California for a month? And then after the Rodriguez fight, they're gonna they're gonna go to the UK or Dubai or something. I mean, I wonder what where the camp's gonna be. I do wonder, you know, because obviously if you go if the fight's in Saudi Arabia and it's during the day, you know, Saudi Arabia time, um, clearly you'd want to get out there, you know, with some time. So. Now he's fought, uh, you know, he's fought there once before, so he's he's used to that in a sense, right? But yeah, that kind of makes you wonder where the camp's going to be then. Anyway, we got a jam-packed weekend. I'm going to really try to do it on Monday, but no matter what, I will do it Wednesday, and it will be an earlier show because the finals start at eight that night Central Time, nine Eastern. So whether it's at a couple hours before it or whatever. I'm not going to do a live show during the NBA Finals. That's just so aim for Monday night. That's my goal, and I think I can accomplish that. Otherwise, catch me on next Wednesday. Um, looking forward to these fights this weekend, man. we got a great weekend coming up, and boxing has just been on a fucking roll, man. It's lovely. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that 